Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. You know, there are some pretty famous quotes and one in particular that I really love about your network and your net worth is simply this, your net work is your net worth. And that has been quoted and requoted by so many people. I don't even know who originated that quote, but it's really true. It's just look around, think about the people that you know that have higher than normal or average net worths and look at their network, who they associate with, how many people they associate with, and the people that they are actually tied into or tapping into. Meredith Mahoney also said that know where you want to go and make sure the right people know about it. Again, it's all about your network. Now, there's two things we're going to talk about here today with my special guest, Dr. Ivan Meisner. And for some of you who recognize that name, you'll know that he is uh, the founder of BNI, Business Network International. Had a great interview with him today. Super, super nice and smart guy. Today's episode is just full of golden nuggets. It's just very interesting to know that who you associate with and the people you led into your room, which is not a four-wall box, but really what's going on up here in your head, what's going on between your ears, really has a major impact on your life, your happiness. And it's all about how do you shape your life? How do you take control of your life and design your life? So that's really the first part of today's interview. The second part is going to be about the power of networking and how you find the right people to let into your room that will help you to become more successful in your investing, in your life, in your relationships, and all that kind of stuff. But there's a little bit of a slant towards real estate investing, but this applies to everything and every part of your life because at the end of the day, when you look at investing and real estate investing specifically, Robert Kiyosaki said it best that real estate is a team sport. And so it's important to actually surround yourself with the right people to help guide you and assure your success. So with that, we're going to get on to today's interview, and I hope you enjoy it. So stay tuned. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Ivan Meisner to the show. Dr. Meisner is the founder and chief visionary officer of Business Network International, also known as BNI, the world's largest business networking organization. Founded in 1985, the organization now has over 9,500 chapters throughout every populated continent of the world. Last year alone, BNI generated almost 12.3 million referrals, resulting in nearly $17 billion worth of business for its members. He is a New York Times bestselling author who has written 24 books, including one of his latest books, Who's in the Room? He is also a columnist for Entrepreneur.com and has been a university professor as well as a member of the Board of Trustees for the University of Laverne. Ivan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's an honor to have you on. And uh, what's interesting is I used to be a member of BNI many, many, many years ago, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was a member for several years, and I met a lot of great people. And I think it's just a wonderful organization, especially if you're a, a professional looking to expand your network. Well, thank you. We all, I always love talking to alumni. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I never thought the day would come where I'd be uh, interviewing you. <laughs> so it's it's actually a lot of fun. So I've come a long way ever since those days. I mean, you know, I've started and built several businesses and invested heavily in real estate, as I found out just a few minutes ago that, you know, that was one of your past businesses as well. 
I want to start talking about your book first, and then we'll kind of morph into real estate and networking and the power of networking and all that stuff. Because I think your book, as small as that book is, I think it's just an amazing book. So let's start off with that. So in your book, Who's in Your Room? You basically ask us to imagine us ourselves in a simple room, four walls, right? And then you ask us to really beg the question, who are we letting in our room and who are we kicking out of our room? It's a very interesting and simple concept. So let me lay the groundwork for the listeners. Imagine you live your entire life in one room and that one room has only one door. And that one door is an enter only door so that when people come into your life or into your room, they're there forever. You can never get them out. Now, luckily, this is a metaphor. Marco, if it were true, would you be more selective about the people that you've let into your life? Absolutely. Everybody says that. So then the question is, why aren't we more selective about this? And what I have is some people say to me, well, the truth is, Ivan, I think it's more than a metaphor. And when I say that, they say, the truth is, Ivan, I can get people out of my life. Okay, so let's talk about that. You can get people out of your life. I want you to think, and if you're watching or listening to this, I want you to think about people that you've gotten out of your life that used to be in your life, in your room, and you've got them out. Why did you want them out? What did they do to you? I want you to think of somebody, Marco. And if you're listening to this, I want you, the audience, to think about this. Think of someone you got out of your life. And why did you want them out? Were they toxic? Were they difficult? Did they do horrible things? You got somebody in mind, Marco? You don't have to say who, but- Well, I wouldn't say the name, but the first type of person that comes to mind is someone who is either negative or is not like-minded because I only want to surround myself with like-minded people that can expand me as a person and expand my world and the reach that I have. So Right. And that's great. What is important is to think of an individual. You don't have to say who, but I want you to think of an individual and what they did and why you're glad they're out of your life. So do you have somebody in mind? Yes. So here's the deal. If they're still in your head, they're still in your room. And they will be for the rest of your life. Because the room begins on this temple and ends on this temple. It is your mind. It's your brain. All the experiences that you have in life. We interviewed a neuroscientist not far from where you're located, uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, who did the PBS specials, neuroscientist, psychiatrist. And we talked to him about the brain science of relationships. And he said, when you have a relationship with someone, personal, professional, their fingerprints are all over your brain. And so they'll be there forever and ever. You can never get them out of your head. People that you've had a good relationship or a bad relationship with, even if they're out of your life, they're still in your head. If they're in your head, they're in your room. And so if that's the case, how do you get better of bringing the right people into your room? And how do you deal with the people that are already in there that you didn't understand the room concept before, or maybe they're family and you had no choice So how do you deal with those? That's really the premise of the book. So correct me if I'm wrong. What you're actually saying is that once someone is in your room, they're in your head and it's permanent. You can't get them out no matter how hard you want. You can't forget them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so you make decisions. We all make decisions in the future based on the experiences that we had in the past. And so we may have an opportunity in the future, but because of some bad experience we had in the past, we go, no, I don't want to do that. Even though it might be a great opportunity with the right person, we don't want to do it because it's a, we had a bad experience with the wrong person. And so people's impact on you changes the way you behave for the rest of your life. So it's very important 
to bring people into your room that, that have resonant values. And you kind of alluded to that. You want people with similar, I forget the phrase you use, but similar. Like-minded. Like-minded. So they don't have to be the same values, but they can't be dissonant right. or incongruent. If they're completely dissonant values, then you've got the wrong person in the room. They don't have to be the same, but they got to be resonant with yours. So I'm sure you've got a few eyebrows raised and a lot of ears peaked at this point. The question now that I think a lot of people are probably wondering is, how do you determine who those people are? More importantly, how do you evaluate the people that you want to let in the room and those that you block? So it's all based on one word, values. You have got to get good with your values. You have to know what your values are. And when I talk to people about values, I'll say to them, okay, so give me a list in any order you would like of your top seven values in life. And Marco, when I say that to people, it's like deer in the headlights. They're like, what? Yeah, just give me your seven values. Top seven. You don't have to give me any more than that. What are your top seven personal values in life? And most people could not answer hardly any. They'll hem and they'll haw and they'll go, um, honesty. (laughs) Okay, that's good. You got one. Now give me six more. So the problem is if you don't know what your personal values are, your life is a revolving door and you're just letting people in and out, well, in and not out, they're coming in and can't leave. And over and over without any discernment Mm -hmm. as to the right kind of people that you want to have in there. And so you got to know your values. And here's a good place to start. Start with deal breakers. Now, when I talk to people about values, they're clueless for the most part. But when I say deal breakers, they got something right away. What are a couple of things or one thing? I'm going to ask you, what's one thing that is just unacceptable to you in a relationship, personal, professional relationship with someone else? What's a deal breaker? I don't want anything to do with this person because they... Well, I have a big answer to that question. And I just refer to it simply as negative people. And I literally had my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, break her friendship with someone who I just identified immediately as being toxic. She was negative all the time and it drove me bananas. So to me, that is number one, negative people. Yeah. And you know, that's a pretty common one. Here's the funny thing. I always think this is funny. You realize negative people don't think they're negative. Isn't that ironic? (laughs) It it really is. I mean, I've talked to some people about it and they're like clueless that they're negative. No, 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 I'm not negative. I'm being honest. You have a problem with honesty? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't have a problem with honesty. I have a problem with your negativity. Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's interesting, but yeah, I do too. Here's one. It was a big one for me when I started thinking about this concept, drama. People that are dripping in drama. We all have a little drama. I got some drama. We all have drama. But I'm talking about the people that every day is drama, that their life is, it's just, it's like a dust cloud all around them Mm -hmm. all the time. And it hit me when I started working on this book, I've got several people in my room that have a lot of drama. And I let some of them in. So the drama that's around me, honestly, is all my fault because I let them into my room and I got to get better at screening people. So that's the second step. Once you get your values down, you hire a doorman. I'm talking about a a doorman is your conscious and subconscious mind. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You don't actually hire a doorman, but it's your conscious and subconscious mind. You train your mind to screen out people who are trying to gain entry into your room based on your values and their values. 
And you want to make sure that those values are resonant, not dissonant. Now, resonance is very powerful. And I've seen this done. If you have two pianos side by side, I'm not a musician, but I've seen it done. And one person hits the middle C key real hard, boom. And the second person on the second piano hits no key, but presses the sustain pedal. The string of the second piano piano will vibrate. Wow, that's amazing. Hear sound from the second piano, even though you only hit the first piano. That's resonance. That's literally resonance. And that's what you get when you have that kind of relationship with somebody where you have that resonant relationship. Dissonant relationship is, you know, fingers on a chalkboard and everybody cringes <laughs> whenever you think of that. That's dissonance. And so what you want to look for, and you train your doorman, and by the way, you can call him whatever you want. Call it your guard, call it your bouncer. You're in California, you can call it your door person if you want. Right. <laughs> whatever you want, it doesn't matter. My we butler. chose doorman, <laughs> butler, whatever you want. So that's the idea is you train your doorman or your mind to screen people out effectively. Okay. So I don't want to get off this for a second here. The whole thing about negative people, which I have a big problem with, we all have negative people in our lives. How do we go about either restricting their access, which I think you just answered, or better yet, when they're already in our lives? And I can think of people right now. How do you kind of show them the door so effectively they're out of your life, even though they're still in your head? So they may be in your life, uh, but their baggage doesn't have to be. Okay. You can restrict that baggage from coming in. And I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. One is from one of my co-authors, and it's a great example. It's in the book, Rick Sapio. When his mother was alive and he tells the story, she was very toxic. She was one of those people that you have issues with. And he said, look, I understood why she was. She had a really difficult life. I get it. But, you know, it was just, it was getting old. I was an adult and it's still very toxic. And I would call her every Sunday, call my mom. And she would just go off on a rant with, about my brothers and sisters and be very toxic. And he said, finally, I decided enough was enough. And I said to her mom, from now on, when you start getting really toxic about my brothers and sisters, I'm just going to say to you, mom, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. And I'm going to hang up. And she's like, okay, whatever. And so the next week, he said, three minutes into the conversation, she's on a rant about his brothers and sisters. And he said, mom, it was good talking to you. I will call you again next week. I love you a lot. Bye. And hung up. He said he called her the next week. It took about 20 minutes before it happened. And he said, after that, she never did it again. He said, the last two years of my mother's life were the best years we ever had together because we had mature adult conversations. And he said, look, it wasn't wine and roses. Everything wasn't great with my mother, but we had adult conversations. It wasn't, and she had challenges, but we talked about it like adults rather than this toxicity. And I think that's a great example of someone may be in your room, but their baggage can stay out. Here's another one that I think is fantastic. And it was given to me after I published the book and I was writing about it. And I asked people, do you have any stories? And someone shared this story. She had a family member who would come to family dinners. And she said she would always throw in these verbal grenades at a family dinner. She'd just throw it out there and it'd be something horrible. And people would get mad. They'd start yelling. The dinner <laughs> would be you know, basically over. Wow. They met as a family and they said, let's just ignore it. Whatever she says, 
just look at her, nod, ignore it, and go back to dinner. And <laughs> she said it worked brilliantly. She'd throw this grenade out, and they would look at her and go, hmm, okay. Oh, and <laughs> how about those Yankees? Weren't they great? That, you know, whatever. And they'd yeah. go back into the discussion, completely ignore it. And they said she literally stopped coming to the dinners because she couldn't rile people up. She wasn't, ha- I mean, she seemed to feed on right. that kind of negative energy. She was invited. Nobody ever yelled at her. Nobody ever got mad at her. Nobody ever said she wasn't welcome. They just didn't respond to the verbal grenades. Well, those people, I think, want to create the environment that they thrive in, and they thrive in a negative environment. That's what we refer to as a toxic environment. Yep. And then it affects your happiness, which, by the way, you mentioned, what are your values? Happiness is one of my values. And I know a lot of people have a problem with maintaining happiness because they let other people affect them, or what you're calling, you know, coming into your room. So how do you deal with people who are basically robbing you of your happiness? How do you disempower those people? So I'll give you two techniques we talk about in the book. The first is benign neglect, and the other is homeopathic doses. So benign neglect works really well, even when you don't want it to. Okay. Think about a high school friend, maybe a really close friend, you really got along, you liked the person, but over the years, you just gradually lose touch and you really don't know each other anymore. And you really can't call each other friends anymore. You were friends, but that's benign neglect. So now imagine doing it with a plan where you say, I'm just going to start withdrawing from this relationship. Now, look, if you're like some people I know, my son is one of them. He's like, Dad, why don't you just tell people you're out? I don't want to deal with you anymore. Right. (laughs) I don't like burning bridges. And so I like the concept of benign neglect where you gradually withdraw and you withdraw through homeopathic doses. So let's say you were coming to visit here in Austin and there's somebody in Austin that they're toxic. You just wish you never had them in your room, rather than let them know a month in advance that you're coming to Austin. You send them an email the night before and say, hey, I'm going to be downtown. I've got a 30-minute window open from 2 to 2.30. I'd love to get together for a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And that's it. They probably won't even see the email. And then they'll say, oh, wow, I I didn't see this until too late. So you gradually withdraw from the relationship. It's very effective. Interesting. Sometimes people think, well, what if they say something? What if they say, and we don't talk about this in the book, second edition, I'm going to add it. What if they say, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, we used to talk all the time. You don't seem to be around. Then they're much more ready for that conversation at that point. If you went to someone two years earlier, a year earlier and said, look, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because of X. It's just a conflict. But if you gradually pull away and then they say, hey, what's going on? It's really easy to say, and I've seen this happen personally, where you say to them, yeah, you're right. I'm not reaching out to you as much. And I'll be honest with you, if you really want an honest conversation, I'll be honest with you. And they usually say yes. And then you deliver it a little bit of tough love. And you say, I just don't want to be around that toxicity or whatever it is, use gentler words. I really find that I need to be around more positivity. Mm -hmm. I need that in my life. And you're really always upset. And I just, that's what's going on. So that they know if they ask, if not, they don't care. Yeah. Just gradually part ways. At least you do it gracefully. 
that way. I don't like burning bridges. So yeah. it's a good technique for me. My son's a full frontal assault kind of guy. So yeah. Yeah. So are my friends. They're very brutal. <laughs> so, so some people refer to this concept as I think it's called future pacing. That might not be the right phrase, but as I recall, Tony Robbins talks about this and I think he calls it future pacing. But can you take what you're talking about with this whole room concept and put yourself into the future and basically help shape your life by how you frame everything and what you do? In other words, what are the steps to create a powerful future for yourself based on what you're talking about? So the answer to your question is absolutely, positively, unequivocally, can you change your life by starting with understanding that you control the room? Right. People don't control it. And that you need to get good with your values and you need to train your doorman on screening people. But then creating the life of your dreams takes other things. And that's really towards the end of the book, we talk about what are those other things to create the life of your dreams. So we start by talking about balance. So Marco, would you like to know what the secret to balance is in life? I think a lot of us would like to know, but yes. All right, here it is. Forget about balance. You'll never have it. Now, usually when I tell this in an audience, there's usually one person up front who's like, seriously? You know, I was hoping for something good. All right, I hope to give you something good. But I think balance is the wrong way to look at life. And here's why. When we think of balance, we think of scales and our life must be completely in balance. And our business has to be in balance with our personal life, which has to be in balance with our health and our spirituality. The truth is, I think life is more of a juggling act than a balancing act. There's so many things we juggle, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're juggling all kinds of things. And so I don't believe, I don't have a life of balance. Never have. But I do have a life of harmony. And harmony is different than balance. This is more than semantics. Even the graphic for harmony, the yin and the yang. Right. Out of balance if you separate them. Right. So I believe that you can create a life of harmony. And it begins with the people in your room and managing that, but it ends with you understanding how to create a life of harmony. And so here are two or three techniques that we talk about in the book to create that life of harmony. Here's the first one. So simple sounding, but so difficult. Be here now. Mm. Wherever you are, be there. Don't be at home thinking about the work project that has to get done. Don't be at work thinking about the fact that you didn't spend time with the family last night. Yep. Wherever you are, be fully present to that experience. And you can live a life of that's out of balance, but yet have harmony. When my son, he's, as a matter of fact, he turns uh, 27 today. I got, I got to give him a call and wish him a happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. When he was 17, 10 years ago, sitting in our house, I lived in Claremont. We had a big screen TV. We were playing Halo and he was kicking my tuchus in Halo. <laughs> and we were leveling up. And I said to him, buddy, was I around enough for you when you were growing up? And he looked at me like I was crazy, Marco. And he said, um, what? I said, well, was I around enough? He said, you're around all the time. I said, well, you know, I travel a lot. I'm gone like every other week. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I noticed. He said, I don't know. It's like when you're here, you're here. Can we get back to the game now? And I'm like, yes, we can. We can get back to the game now. And to me, that was confirmation 
in my mind, that this whole idea of harmony versus balance can work. And there are many other, here, let me give you one or two other techniques. Yes, please. Yes. You have to learn how to both let go and hold on. Contrary to popular belief, I do not believe you can have it all. You get a lot of success experts that say, you can have it all. I know some of them. <laughs> they do not have it all. Right. I know them. Right. They don't. So I think you have to pick and choose what you want. What's important to your life comes back to values again, doesn't it? So you pick and choose what's important to your life. What do you hang on to? You hang on to everything that is important to you, all your values. And what do you let go of? You let go of everything that is not resonant with your values. Even if you like it or you like the person who is presenting some idea to you, whatever it is, it's a distraction to you. You cannot live a life of harmony if you are constantly chasing bright, shiny objects that don't further your values in life. And so you got to learn how to let go and hold on. I'll give you one more. You have to create margins in life. You want a life of harmony? Create margins. Just like the pages of a book have margins. A notepad has a margin. You create margins in your life. Your margins are your time. They're things for you to do that you integrate into the pages of your life in those margins. Here's an example of one. My wife and I almost every day have what we call wine o'clock. We get together on a porch or in a balcony and we have a good cabernet and just talk, just connect as a couple. We've been married 31 years. And we do that at least four or five times a week where we just, we have wine o'clock. It's a margin. It's time for our relationship. And so if you can create margins, if you can let go and hold on, if you can learn how to be here now, that plus a number of other things will help you create the life of your dreams. Everything you just said in the last five minutes was just liquid gold. That was just so on point and powerful. You know, I don't believe in life balance either. I never did because my life was never in balance. I never felt like I had balance. But one thing I do think about and the whole concept of be in the present, be in the now, I constantly think about my daughter. Even if I was with her all day, I still would feel like I'm not spending enough time with her, <laughs> which is really bizarre. But, you know, she is kind of like the center of my life. And so I want to spend as much time as I can with her, especially now that she's growing up so fast. How old is she? She Well, she just turned 13 last month. Oh, man, 13. Somewhere around 13, aliens come down and take your kids. Yeah, I know. It's the weirdest thing. They replace them in their 20s, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, well, anyway, she's great. She's well-behaved and smart kid. But yeah, I mean, you're just making me think about you know being present. And so you don't have to be there all the time. But it's important that when you are there, you're there fully present and go as deep as you can. So you just reinforce something I was thinking. And so I just love what you said. So thank you. So I guess to summarize this first part, we're going to wrap it up here soon. But I do want to talk about the power of networking because your whole background came, for me, came from BNI. And I think it's just an incredible thing. It was very powerful. But basically, to summarize what you just talked about, you can shape your life by taking control of your room. And that you can live your life by complete design. It's your choice. It really is. I've learned that the hard way, as most people have uh, throughout their life. I wish somebody else wrote this book and I read it right. when I was 17. Well, yeah. 
that would have changed my life. I have a good life. I'm happy with who I am and what I've achieved. But it would have even been better had I read this book when I was 17. You said it was short, and I and it is. We had that book up to 45,000 words. It was three times larger than it is. And we felt it was just too much stuff. Yeah. And we actually took it and cut it down to 15,000 words to make it actionable and tight, something somebody could read on an airplane, a two-hour flight. Oh, less than that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can come out with all kinds of great, tangible, workable ideas. That was our goal with it. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. We're going to link to that and put it all in the show notes, of course. Let's just transition real quick here because the uh, demographic, as I mentioned to you before, you know, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, self-employed people, professionals that listen to this show, very wide range, male and female, very positive, like-minded people. And certainly they love investing and particularly real estate investing. So, but I was a member of BNI long ago and I loved it. And one thing I learned from that is that there's power in networking. You know, there's a you know, the old saying that your network is your net worth, right? I've had many people say that. I don't even know who the author is anymore. First of all, just touch upon BNI. You know, you know more about it than anybody. What is BNI for those people who are listening to this that may be interested or just curious? Yeah, BNI is a business and professional networking organization. We allow one person per professional category. We get together every week and pass each other referrals. Now, we have 9,600 groups in more than 70 countries. And we, as you know, meet in person. So obviously, (laughs) we're interviewing during the COVID virus. So what we did was we pivoted pretty quickly to move 9,600 groups online. So all of our groups right now are online. And when this craziness ends, we hope to go back to in-person meetings. But we managed to keep 9,600 chapters by running a BNI meeting, but doing it online as opposed to in-person for now. Wow. That is a major pivot. I don't know how you're doing it. It must be like a Zoom type service, but that's that's a huge pivot. Zoom loves us. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Wow. What is your feeling, thoughts about networking, word of mouth and referral? Is that all one and the same for you? I mean, there's a lot of power in networking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the purpose for networking is to get referrals and yeah. word of mouth is, you know, part of that. I think they're all related and I really believe that networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. Yes. That it's about cultivating relationships with people. It's not a get rich quick scheme. It's a way to build a solid foundation for a long-term business. I think, you know, now more than ever, you need your network. Yes. Because, you know, we're going from COVID into a recession. And, you know, that's a one-two punch. It's a one-two punch I've never seen. I started BNI 35 years ago. I've never seen anything like that. And so it's going to be tough. But I learned an amazing lesson from a real estate agent 30 years ago. Would you like to hear the lesson? I would love to hear that lesson. What is it? It was in 1990. It was the first recession that I had been through in BNI. It was just an amazing experience. I was at a chamber function on the East Coast. And Marco, the only topic of discussion with everyone was how bad the economy was and how the real estate market just bottomed out. And it was such a depressing meeting. I just like, whoa, I shouldn't have come to this thing. It was so depressing. And I saw one guy in the corner and I walked up to him. I introduced myself and I made the mistake of saying, So, you know, what do you do and how's business? And I thought, why did I ask that? Because now I'm going to hear this sob story about how bad business is. And then he told me he's a real estate agent. I thought, oh my God, I'm in big trouble now because the (laughs) market just bottomed out. And he said to me, business is great. I said, business is great. You said you're in real estate, right? He said, yeah. I said, and you're having a good year. He said, actually, I'm having my best year ever. 
I said, is this your first year in real estate? He's like, no, no, no. I've been in real estate more than a decade. How could this be a good year, your best year ever in this market? He said, it's easy. He said, what you do when you have difficult times like a recession, you look for the opportunities that are out there. Yep. One of the opportunities is your competition is frozen in fear. He said, look around the room. He said, that's a real estate agent. That's a real estate agent. She's a real estate agent. What are they talking about? I've listened. They're all talking about how bad business is. They're all talking about you know, how are they going to survive this instead of talking business. He said, I'm doing business. I said, all right, take me to school here. How are you doing business? What are you seeing that they're not? He said two things. First, real estate investors, people that are buying property as an investment to do uh, rentals or leases. He said, I'm going to them and I know many and I'm meeting new ones and I'm saying, look, you cannot come to me two years from now and say, I wish I would have looked at that duplex that you were talking about because the prices have gone back up and you know it's so expensive. <laughs> Can't do that. Right. If you are at all interested, now's the time. Let me just send you a listing to look at. And he said, they're saying yes. And then they're looking at it and they're like, wow, these are great prices and I'm selling. I said, what's the second one? He said, first time home buyers. He said, I'm going to first time home buyers. And I'm saying, Psst, real estate's on sale right now. You couldn't buy a year ago, but you can buy it today. And I said, so where did this all come from? And he he reached into his coat pocket. He said, oh yeah, I'm not wearing it. And he pulled out a button and the button said, I absolutely refuse to participate in a recession. Right. And I said, and so it's mindset. And he said, that's what it is. It's mindset. It's all about the mindset. You got to go in with the mindset of what opportunities are there. And then work the heck out of those opportunities because your competition is likely to be frozen in fear where you are motivated by that fear. You are focused by that fear. So Marco, I went out. This is from 1990. I keep it here on my desk. And I made thousands of these buttons that say, I refuse to participate in a recession. And we're making them again in BNI because we refuse to participate. As a matter of fact, in the last three months in BNI, this organization generated 3.7 billion US dollars worth of business for our members. Our members passed to each other, 3.7 billion dollars in business in a recession during COVID. That's amazing. Today more than ever, you need your network. Yeah, network is so important. And I know Robert Kiyosaki talks about real estate investing being a team sport. It's really the people that you surround yourself with that helps to propel you forward and assure your success. And so I'm a big believer in networking One of my mentors actually, interestingly, charted something on a whiteboard once. And he said, if you look back at every time you've gone up to another level and achieved something of significance, if you look at where that started, more often than not, it was always because of someone you met in your life. It was a connection that you made that catapulted you to another level that never could have happened unless you had met that person. I call that the butterfly effect mm. of networking. Yeah. The butterfly effect is part of chaos theory, and it, yep. it talks about uh, the flapping of the wings of a butterfly affecting something in an environment that affects yes. something that affects something that changes the weather. And I really believe in that. The key is that you want to find people that are good at what they do, and it doesn't matter if you're networking up or networking down. It doesn't matter if they're more successful or less successful than you. What matters is, are they good at what they do? Right. And if they're good at what they do, you never know who they know and who they can introduce you to, and how you can build relationships with these people. 
It's called the butterfly effect of networking. I've written about it on my blog and on entrepreneur.com. Yeah, I love that. And that's actually a book. So it's worth, you know, picking up that book and reading. Well, the butterfly effect of networking is not a book. No, that's not a book, but there's a book written about the butterfly effect to understand the concept of it. Right. Jim Rohn is one of my favorite people in the whole personal development space. And, you know, he's famously said that we are the average of the five people that we spend most of our time with. I keep telling people that time and time and time again. And if you're networking and you're meeting the right people and you're surrounding yourself with five, 10, 15 people, that inspire you and really can help you get to another level, it's almost impossible to fail unless you really screw it up for yourself. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. And that's why the book, Who's in Your Room, it's kind of a funny book because it's not about networking, but it's kind of all about networking. Right. (laughs) Networking's about relationships. Right. 100%. And so relationships are about the people that you have in your room. And so it's a curious book, but because it's one of the few that I, you know, I really don't talk about networking in there, but in a way, because it's about relationships, it's about networking. Well, it all starts upstairs in your mind, you know, mindset and um, positive thinking is really a critical starting point for all success and especially real estate investing. So, but bottom line here is that you can shape your life, take control of your room, live your life by your own design. And I think that's really the ultimate message that you're trying to get across to people, right? It is. And I've seen more and more people really embrace this concept and change their life because of it. That's great. Well, Ivan, it's been a pleasure. Please share with our audience, where can they learn more about you, find your books, your resources, uh, follow you on social, wherever that may be? Yeah. So I have a blog, IvanMeisner.com. As a matter of fact, one of the very first blogs I wrote in 2007 was The Butterfly Effect of Networking. And it was how I met Richard Branson. And I reverse engineered how I got there. And it was about that. So IvanMeisner.com is my blog. I'm active on all the social media. And uh, BNI is at BNI.com. So go to any of those places for more information. Sure. And I'll link all that in the show notes and uh, put that on all our social media. So that'll all be there. Well, Ivan, hey, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. This has been a real treat. A lot of great takeaways today. So thank you for all of that. Thank you, Marco. Marco, it's a real pleasure being here. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was full of great golden nuggets, a lot of great advice and great information on how to control your room, what's between your ears and in your head, because that will help lead you to success in both life and investing. So if you haven't downloaded our free report on our website, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing, Be sure to do that. You can do that at noradarealestate.com or passiverealestateinvesting.com. Get your free strategy session with one of our investment counselors. If you are thinking about real estate investing, even if you're not there yet, but you just want a roadmap or a guide just to get clarity on how to get started and what to do next, just go ahead and schedule it. It's a free strategy session. We're just going to get you on the right path. Even if it's only a 15-minute call, at least we're going to have that first step and start building a relationship with you because we're here to help and there's no cost to you. So you have nothing to lose. Do you have a question about real estate investing? Great. Send it over to me. Just go to PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. Click the Ask Marco button at the top. Submit that question and I will do my best to get to it as soon as I can. If you haven't subscribed to this show, click that subscribe button. Remember to get each and every episode sent to you and notified to you so you don't miss another episode. Help us spread the word. Give us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. I do read all of them. And so I want to just thank you in advance. 
And that's it for today. So thank you for being here and I will see you on our next episode. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.